Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we try and make some sense of the things we love about photography and some of the things we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Terry's not with me on this episode. This is just a special edition where I've been reviewing and testing the new Canon R5 mirrorless camera. Some of you may know that I'm the one of the Canon community Facebook managers for the Canon Collective Group. As a part of that, from time to time, I'll be taking some products and testing them. Look, being a long 5D series user, I mean, I switched over to full frame with my 5D Mark II, and I've been shooting the 5 Series since. Subsequently, I upgraded when the 5D 3 came out, and then when the 5D 4 came out, I upgraded to that body as well. So I've had a lot of time and a lot of experience shooting with the 5D group of cameras. I've loved those cameras. They've been just workhorses. They've just uh, been travelled around the world with me, and they've been absolutely fantastic, reliable pieces of equipment. When I first looked at Canon's mirrorless systems that came out, I just couldn't gel straight away to them. I tried them, but I just you know, went back to my 5D4. But when I had the opportunity to test, and you know, for 10 days I've been shooting with the R5 camera, and I've just purely done still photography. I haven't used any of the video features, and I may do another podcast in the future get the body back and review and do some video stuff but this is all just about still photography so they're all interested in anyone who's just one who say who've been shooting with the 5d um, series or they've been shooting for crop frame sensor but we're thinking about making that jump to the full frame area of photography and like i said when i changed from crop frame canon bodies to the full frame it was a real game changer for my photography back when i went from the the crop frame up to the the 5D2 at the time, and it really just did help to improve my photography. Love the whole f- full frame proposition and what it actually brings to the table, especially if you're doing landscape photography down at the wide angle. I mean, you can get so much more on the full frame than you can on a crop frame, so that's a big advantage of a shooting with a, a full frame if you're a, a landscape photographer. So my initial thoughts was when I unpacked it, again, it straight out the box, unpacking it it feels like a five series camera it just feels solid it just feels right notably lighter and smaller takes the same battery which is fantastic because basically even though it comes with an upgraded battery capacity so it has a bigger bigger capacity than the the current 5d series but it's the same shape and form so it fits in so basically if you've got a bunch of 5d batteries you can actually use them in the the new R5 mirrorless camera, which has been a, which is great, which is fantastic. So unpacking it, it was sent to me with EF lens adapter. So I didn't have any of the native RF lenses to test on the body. So the first lens I put on was my 24 to 105 L series series two, which is my kind of go-to walkabout lens. The lens that I use, you know, probably a large amount of the time doing my street photography, that's the lens that I will throw on the body when I hit the street and I start walking. So I thought, great, this is this is where I'll start testing it. So I did a couple of things. I started just playing around, obviously, in the local the local area on the first day, just taking a few shots, just trying to get used to the camera, trying to get used to some of the settings. 
after probably that first day, I had the camera pretty much set up how I wanted it. Like it just became very natural to use the camera. So I headed into the city and just tried some um, street photography. And one of the things that I was really keen to try out with this body was because of the IBIS, the in-body stabilization system, which is, this is the first Canon camera that has that, is the opportunity then to now shoot low light, low shutter speed, handheld shots opens up a whole range of possibilities because previously, you know, you'd have to lug a tripod in if you were trying to do some, you know, low shutter speed shots so you didn't introduce camera blur into the image. And it could be that parts of the image you deliberately wanted to get camera blur. And one of the shots I took was from one of the bridges over the freeway in Brisbane. There's a bridge called the Victoria Bridge and there's a freeway below it. And I've taken my tripod in there before and I've shot some shots where, you know, the camera's locked off on the tripod, slow shutter speed, cars are blurred, yet the effect of the, the, the car's blurring, but the roadway is um, rock solid and sharp. So I thought, okay, I've got no tripod, but I've got the, the R5. Let's just see what this thing can actually do and this find out what I can do. So I've dropped the shutter speed down to one eighth of a second, handheld, and I'm just ripping off shots. And when I'm looking at the back of the camera, I can see the arrows on the road, the edges of the roadway are all sharp. The cars are blurred, which is exactly what you expect because you're shooting at one eighth of a second, so the cars are going to move through the frame. So straight away, there was a creative effect I could create basically just with the camera and not having to put it on a tripod. Now, bonanity of that type of shooting is the fact that you can just grab your camera, see something, and just shoot, not worry about, oh, I need to grab my tripod, I need to put the shoe on the tripod, I need to bolt, all those things. So basically that opportunity could be lost. So I kind of see it from a street photography perspective that it's going to be a fantastic camera to catch moments. These shots wouldn't have been impossible, but maybe much more difficult shooting them with my 5D Mark IV. So that straight away, you know, sparked my interest up because, okay, great, this is this is something I couldn't do before with my previous body. So... These are the things that you know I would look at for an upgrade. Say, okay, what can I do with this camera that I can't do with my old body? Straight away, that's one of them. One of the other tests I did was there's an indoor swimming pool at TAFE at uh, Gardens Point. So people are doing laps practicing the pool. So you can you can look in through the window and you can see inside the pool. It's not greatly lit, and you know they're stroking away, going up and down the pool. And I'm thinking, hey, let's try this. Let's try this high ISO. So this, let's see if I can do a one five hundred of a second exposure. I mean, I had it down f four because that's what my one hundred five is. It's a it's an f four lens at the widest end, which meant with the available light, which meant the ISO had to jump up to twelve thousand eight hundred. Now that's something that's territory you wouldn't normally go to, and I wouldn't go there with my five D four. I will go up to about sixty four hundred ISO. Um, you can still get a sh- you know a salvageable shot that you can use. So I've taken the shot and I've looked on the back of the camera and it, was, and it looked pretty good. So I took a couple more shots and I was really pleased when I got back to the computer and I downloaded these images that they were perfectly usable images. I c- caught the water splash of the hands coming out the water and I was able to crop into those images as well because having a 105 lens sometimes like you know would have been better if the 200. Uh, or maybe a little bit more reach to really zoom in on the on the swimmer. But because it's a 45 megapixel sensor, it actually gives me the ability to actually then 
crop into the image. And that's another thing which, from a street photography point of view, I really like the idea that having such a large amount of data being captured in each image, if I can't get to the or can't get the framing or the composition exactly the way I'd like it because of there's some constraints of, of you know, the barriers or whatever, you can t- still take the shot knowing that you can crop the shot out of the main shot and you're still going to get a great image to use. These are the things, like I said, I wanted to, to really test and find out what advantages upgrading to like a full-frame mirrorless system. So that was kind of, I suppose, after day one, I went in and I spent the evening in there. Then I did some low-light shooting around the city and was quite impressed with the images I was actually getting using you know, the higher ISOs, which I would normally not have used on my other camera. The next day I decided to put a different lens combo on it and I went out with the 70-200 to 200, um, f2.8 series 2 canon lens it's a very popular lens it's probably one of my most favorite canon lenses it's just a beautiful sharp lens and it's a fast lens being a 2.8 lens so i figured okay let's let's do this and i'm going to head up to the local dam where there's usually a bit of wildlife there's ducks there's there's sometimes pelicans there's you know a range of different bird life up there i really wanted to test out the eye tracking uh, or animal eye tracking of the camera and the focus tracking started got myself in the position where there was some wildlife around I started shooting and I was just absolutely blown away by this thing he's just pulling in finding the eye and just locking on it it was I mean there's just shots that I couldn't take with my very difficult to take with my 5d4 I must admit like I said you can you can jag it and I was speaking to another photographer who's been shooting with the five the r5 for a little bit and he just said your number of keepers goes up um, and he's completely correct that the number of keeper shots that you actually get now, which makes it hard when you get home and you're trying to go through it because you have all these shots where previously you'd just discount them because the focus was off and that's no good and you'd only pick the handful of shots that actually you nailed the focus. Now with nailing the focus on so many shots, it makes it more difficult to actually pick the shots you want to actually use and post. But absolutely, again, magic using that lens and, like I said, using the adapter the other thing that appealed to me, obviously, is the fact that I have quite a few EF L-series lenses, so obviously I'm not going to discard them. If I was to buy a new body, I'd want to be able to you know, move those lenses across and use them, which what I've done with all my five-series cameras. You know, as I've, as I've bought a new body, obviously the lenses will just come straight over and work on those new bodies, no problem whatsoever. So that's one of the things that's been, I suppose, for me, it's been was kind of just a niggly thing saying, okay, how how are the how are my lenses perform? They they performed exactly the same as they would on my five D four as far. I couldn't notice any any loss of quality using the adapter. I couldn't notice any loss of um speed. Well speed was for focusing, you know, it was super fast. So it actually improved the focus capabilities of those lenses using that body. So that was like I said, and I shot a a, a variety of different stuff with the 70 to 200 because I just wanted to get a, a you know feel for what this camera could do with different lenses so my next kind of outing was I decided to basically one afternoon put on the my 100 to 400 and take some shots and I wanted to the idea was to sometimes in the afternoon in our backyard there's a bit of wildlife bit of bird activity of course you know Murphy's Law because um, you want 
heap of birds turn up and you want to test a new camera and not much action going on. So there wasn't a lot, but what I was managed to do was I was looking at there was some native bees and other animals buzzing around in some of the trees. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll just see what I can do if I can capture that. And to my absolute amazement, I've captured um, some insects flying um, in the trees. It's locked onto it. I've got a sharp image and I just, you know, I would have struggled to get that image with my 5D Mark IV. I really would have because the focusing, because these these were moving so quickly, um, zigging and zagging to different flowers on the tree that by the time I got focus lock on my 5D four, they've moved from that position where this thing was just locking onto it so quickly. So again, that was, to me, that was, wow, this is, this actually does help the number of shots you can actually take and keep and without having a whole lot of shots that you've had to reject because they're out of focus. So the next day I thought, okay, let's throw a different lens on. And I threw on my 100mm prime, it's an EF macro lens, 100 Canon lens, and it's it's a non-stabilised um, version. And I thought, well, what's going to be great to see how this lens performs is that the big difference between the L-series 100mm macro and the standard EF series is that the L-series has image stabilisation so that does help with your handheld shots and I'm thinking well okay I've got in-body stabilisation on the on the R5 so let's just see how that performs and again it was fantastic because what was happening was you know I could get the shots that I would have had to be and tried to be on a tripod or would have been much more difficult to get because um, I was able to kind of lever off the in-body stabilisation was actually giving me a hand with some of those shots so that's a fantastic result. And I took a number of different shots with the with the 100mm lens and, again, it was just absolutely um, nailing it and really loved it. I decided to do... I wanted to do a bit more street photography work with the camera. So I actually um, went in on the weekend to the city and I shot some more stuff with uh, with the 24-105, um, to which is my kind of go-to lens for street photography. I also did a few other things where I went to a light painting event and, again, using the, the setup to see what I could do. And, again, it just worked beautifully, seamlessly. I could, you know, no fumbling for controls, especially when you're in kind of low light, dark, you get used to your camera. The controls on this camera are quite intuitive, so it's very, very easy to do it. And there's a couple of added bonuses, and I kind of, I love them, and I've got to be, kind of mindful of them but I set the focus ring so the adapter that goes between the body and your EF lenses has a rotating ring on it which is called a control ring and you can actually tell the camera what function you want that to control so I set it up so it would control the ISO and one of the things I was doing was like this is great you know I'm say I'm shooting in manual I've set my aperture I can change my quickly change my shutter speed using the um, one of the multifunction dials on the top of the camera near the near the shutter release, and I can also now play with the ISO very quickly, and that worked really great. But one thing I was doing was I was accidentally sometimes rotating that ring and changing my ISO setting, so I, I lost a couple of shots. And I'm going, what's going on? Why's my ISO jumped up to that? And then I started to realise when I was grabbing the camera, I was actually rotating it. So I thought, oh, there must be something I can do about this. So digging in a bit further, you can actually go in and you can actually elect 
that ring to be a part of the lock control and there's a button on the top of the camera which says lock and if you lock it it just locks that control so basically if you rotate it it will not change the setting until you unlock it so it's really i found that really really useful again there was shots that i could get using that camera that previously i wouldn't have got using my my 5d mark IV setup you know using it the same way this thing just gave me so many more opportunities to shoot and i can see the big thing for it is that for you know creative photographers this is going to give them a tool that you're going to be able to create things that you couldn't create before because of the camera held you back this camera definitely does not hold you back so some of the other things which i kind of wanted to test was i did a, a couple of sunset shoots so i took it up to my local dam and i managed to do um, three evenings of sunsets just to get an idea of how this camera performs the dynamic range and again and really impressed with the way the camera actually dealt with the dynamic range and and the capture and again it's really fantastic use and on the last night because i had to the camera only had the camera for a period of time and i had to go back to canon so on the last night i'm looking at um, sunset which was a kind of a blue hour rather than a golden hour sunset and i'm just looking and i'm thinking okay I'm not, i didn't i purposely didn't bring a tripod so i'm just shooting handheld i'm going oh, i just want to use the I want to use the um, the inbuilt electronic leveling system, which I regularly use in my 5D4. So I'll I'll flick that on and I'll on the tripod and I'll get the camera um, level to the horizon. And one of the things that was really cool that when I switched it on, because you've got the back viewfinder, it actually comes up on, on the rear screen, so you can actually be looking at the scene, so you see exactly what you're leveling it to. And you can be positioning the camera and absolutely fantastic for, for landscape, for, for handheld landscape shots, because now you can basically get the horizon perfectly level and you can see exactly where you where the where it is in relation to the, the image that you're shooting. I hadn't seen that before. I didn't that was just a feature that I just kind of found, you know, by just experimenting. So again, it was quite pleasant that there's these great little aids that are built into this camera to assist photographers to take better pictures because no one likes to have to always straighten your horizons in in post it's nice if you can just shoot it and get it right in camera it's just one less thing you have to deal with and i think it's the strive for every photographer is you should be always trying to shoot and get things right in camera you don't want to be having to fiddle around in post and fix up a whole lot of stuff that basically you know you maybe could have avoided by shooting differently or just dealing with the, you know, how you actually interacted with the camera. So look, at the, I suppose the idea of doing the podcast was I wanted to share some of my thoughts about this camera. It's not a, obviously it's not a, a cheap body. It's got a recommended retail of just under $7,000. And I was kind of looked at that when I first looked, I thought, gee, that's a lot of money for, you know, for a camera when typically I think I probably paid I paid around the fourth for low fours for my 5D Mark IV, so it's kind of a bit of a jump up. And I know we've had some changes within the with the pandemic, with the dollar, and not being as strong in Australia. So some things have naturally gone up. But here's a camera that can shoot 12 frames a second mechanically or 20 frames electronically. So all of a sudden now this camera, I, and look, I shot a couple of seasons of soccer with my 5D IV. And it's not really, I mean, it, it gets the job done. 
like it works, but having a few extra frames a second would have been really nice. So again, it would increase the number of keeper shots that you would get. So this camera does, I think, at 45 megapixels as a sensor, it works well. In a, and I didn't get to test it in a studio um, situation, but I, I can't see why it just wouldn't perform brilliantly. So I just think it would work perfectly. Uh, one thing to note on this camera, which which caught me out the very first day that I pulled it out of the box, is you know previously on the 5D series cameras on the Mark II and the Mark III, they used a kind of standard uh, camera USB connector to your computer. And the, I suppose the workflow method, what I do is when I come back from a shoot, I'll put the camera on the desk and I'll plug it into via the USB um, connector and I'll actually download the images via the USB rather than pulling cards out, putting them in the card reader and that type of stuff. So the... R5 uses the, the USB-C type connector, so it's a small flat connector, and the cable that comes with the with the in the box from Canon is it's actually a C connector at both ends. Now I have a fairly new computer; my computer's less than 12 months old, but I don't have a on my computer. I don't have a USB-C socket. So the very first night that I'd taken some shots and I'd come home, I couldn't actually download them, uh, but I quickly got a I quickly got a workaround. So because the camera's got built-in Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, using the Canon Connect app, I just simply download all the images to my iPad and then transfer them to my computer um, using Transfer Pro. So there was a workaround. The next day I went out and I purchased a standard USB-A type connector to a USB-C connector. So the next night when I come home, I could just simply plug the camera in one end into the computer and one end into the camera and download the images. So that's just one thing that, and I know this is the way the world's going. They're talking about a lot of the phones standardising using a USB-C type connector. So it's like charges become more universal. So it's probably a move in that direction that Canon have probably taken the approach that a lot of other devices are going to start using USB-C connectors. Um, so it keeps it kind of, I suppose, that you're not having to have dozens and dozens of different cables for different devices to plug in that did catch me out that first night and I was kind of for a little bit there just going oh great I've taken some shots I really want to see what these shots look like on the computer and like I said and then you know just experimenting around with what was what options were available to me because I did try to connect the Canon I did try and connect via the Wi-Fi to Canon Utility but for some reason that wasn't working but it did work perfectly once I paired it with the iPad and got the images onto the iPad and it could flick through them and then obviously transfer them back up to the computer, which is great too because normally if I'm travelling, my workflow is I don't take a laptop with me anymore. I just take my iPad Pro and what I would do previously it would be I'd use a lightning to USB connector plugged into the iPad and I'd simply download the images onto my iPad Pro go through the images, work out what images I wanted to work with. I've got Lightroom and uh, version Photoshop on there so I can actually do some editing on the, on the actual iPad Pro. So, but again, it worked quite seamlessly doing the cableless connection um, and downloading the images that way. And now that I've got the, the correct type of cable, that will work with my Lightning to USB adapter so I can connect that camera directly to the iPad Pro and just download it via cable if you don't want to use the Wi-Fi 
Um, again, so there's some options there. Again, so if you were to leave home and forget your cable, as long as you've got a kind of Bluetooth Wi-Fi enabled device, that you can still grab the images off your R5 and get them onto your computer or device to actually to further investigate or edit or which or whatever you want to do with it and then be able to obviously post them to wherever you're going to post them to. So look, I've been talking about the Canon mirrorless R5 camera. Now again, I've only tested the camera and used the camera purely as a stills camera. I didn't shoot a single second of video on the camera. There's some stuff in the media out there about the camera overheating and I you know, believe this uh, overheating issue only applies to 8K video and that's when you're shooting long stints of 8K video which is kind of understandable that the, the camera is going to be working pretty hard crunching it. When you think about 8K is four times the amount of information in 4K. That's a lot of, that's a lot of crunching being done by that processor so that you know, the heat buildup will be an issue but I don't see that as a, you know, for a, all the 5 Series users out there who maybe shoot occasionally with a video. And look, when I, I mean, I've made the decision now that I'm going to purchase my next my next body will be the R5. And I will probably shoot, and I do want to get into the video and shoot some more video, but I feel that I'll probably be shooting the 4K video on that camera. It can shoot 4K up to 120 frames, which is fantastic. And everyone's reported using it in 4K mode, shooting at 120 frames. There's been no issues with any overheating. So again, up at the um, one of the um, afternoon shoots, I ran into quite a few people who were quite curious when they saw it was the R5 and wanted to ask a few questions. And the very first question someone said to me, so how many times has it overheated? And I said, no, it hasn't. I said, you, you do realise that the overheating thing that, that's being talked about out there in social media is to do with video. And they hadn't realised that. So when I said to them, and they were both, um, um, there was a number of those people were 5D4 shooters. And they said, oh, I was thinking about it, but I don't want a camera that's going to overheat. And I said, this camera definitely not does not overheat um, in still mode. No issues whatsoever. I didn't I didn't even in have any type of glitch or anything that, was a bit strange for that camera. It, everything I wanted to do with the camera, it just did it, which is one of the reasons that I shoot Canon because one thing I love about my Canon cameras is the reliability that they just work when they're put into some really difficult... I mean, I've shot in minus 15 degrees with my 5D Mark II. I mean, you've got to manually focus because the autofocus really struggles in those colder temperatures, but the camera just kept working and working and working and I'm thinking it's going to stop soon, it's going to stop soon, but it just kept it kept chugging along. So, again, they're built really, really rugged. And this camera, like I said, feels... It just feels like the natural progression from going from the 2 to the 3 to the 5D4, that natural progression, each time that I bought a new camera and I pulled it out of the box and I set it up and I started shooting with it, I was kind of... You know, from the get-go, I was comfortable. I was being able to get out there and just start using it straight away. So one of the other things which I did as a bit of a test to see what the camera can do is I did a photo walk in the city and I invited other Canon shooters along to see, to have a 30-minute stint with the camera. So basically, I gave the camera to the um, these photographers for 30 minutes gave them a quick kind of overview of some of the controls 
and let them go for 30 minutes. And they all just went and started shooting. And they were all pre, they were all 5D4 users. So, but they just said, oh, it's just, it's so easy to, to kind of get used to and so easy to use. And I think that's the, that's the thing for me is that familiarity. It's kind of like it's a brand new camera, but it's, it feels familiar. It does feel like a five series camera. Whereas when I've shot with, say, like the, the R series, great camera as it is, it doesn't feel like a five. Doesn't feel like that series. So I think this is where Canon have really, they've really nailed it. They've got the, the camera sorted out. Okay, let's summarise the Canon R5. So basically, I'm just going to give you a summary now of all the stuff that I've kind of learned about that product while I've been playing with it. So firstly, like I said, the feel of the product is fantastic. Like it, when you take it out of the box, the first time you feel it, it feels like a five series camera. It feels really solidly built. Everything about the camera is fantastic. Even the articulated screen on the back feels quite solid, well-engineered. Everything seems to work really, really well. Had absolutely zero problems with the camera. It just did everything I wanted it to do. The focus, focusing system on this camera is fantastic. It really is. So what it will do is obviously increase the number of keeper shots that you get because your focus will be so much more accurate with this camera, I do believe than over previous Canon EOS cameras. The sensor size, 45 megapixels, that gives an enormous amount of scope for, especially if you've got a maybe a lens that you've got, it's not quite enough reach on it, you'll be able to crop into the image. There's so much information in that 45 megapixels. It still allows you to crop into that image and still produce a really high um, resolution, perfectly adequate image, which is fantastic. Like I said, one of the areas I played with it was in street photography. It gave me the ability to, to be able to, after the shot was taken in post, be able to kind of zoom in and capture an image from inside that frame um, without losing the detail, which is fantastic. Battery, I'm really pleased that the battery is a 5-series battery. So if you've got previous batteries, like I've got a whole pile of batteries for my 5-series cameras, great that these batteries can be repurposed and used in these cameras as well thing is I like about this camera too is the it is a slightly smaller form factor and it's lighter obviously being a mirrors camera which is again that's an advantage especially for the style of shooting that I do carrying the camera around all day basically every bit of what you can save is is the saving so that's fantastic I love the fact that with the lens adapter all your EF L series glass works perfect on this camera so I mean you know even though you're kind of changing systems from a DSLR system if you're going say from a 5D4 and you're going to something like the the R5 all your glass can come across and work on this camera and it works perfectly I didn't get a chance to try any of the native RF glass but I'm kind of itching that sometime in the future I'll get some my hands on some of that and uh, have a crack at it just a couple of things to consider and these aren't things that are really negative but they're just things that are probably different between say the DSLR 5 series uses and this camera is the it has the dual card slots which is fantastic uh, one of them is your common everyday uh, sd card which everyone will have plenty of sd cards to to use in that slot the other card is a high speed card it's a um, cfast express card so it's a little bit different so a lot of people may not have that card so it's going to be something to consider when you buy this camera that you will need to be able to, to buy that card, especially 
to use it for 8K video, you need that extra speed. Um, they're not cheap cards, so there's something too to factor into. I suppose your pricing when you're thinking about upgrading to this camera is something you need, need to consider buying at least one or better leave, you know, two of those cards to use in the camera. You may be able to get a good deal when you're talking to your local camera retailer if you're upgrading and they might be able to throw a card in and do some type of discount package deal for you. The other thing to consider too is that it does use a different, if your workflow is like mine where I actually connect the camera to the computer via USB cable, this uses a USB-C connector. Like I said, I talked about earlier about I didn't have the USB-C connector on my computer and I had to wait the next day and get a cable, but just, you know, preempt that if depending on how you're going to use it. If you, Obviously, if you're going to use the Canon Connect app or the Wi-Fi connection that way, and then obviously that, that doesn't come into it. But just so you're aware of those couple of things, I just wanted to point them out. Look, I'd like to thank Canon for the use of the camera for the last um, two weeks just while I've been testing it. As a part of my role as a coming up, which I start officially on the 1st of, of November, as um, the Canon Collector community manager. I'm one of the community managers who will be managing the Canon Facebook group. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to get hold of gear, be able to kind of give it a bit of a um, test run and be able to bring that feedback to the Canon Collective and hopefully that'll help them make decisions about which, which way they want to go. So I mean I've made my decision now that that is my next 5 Series camera. So I'll be purchasing that hopefully before the end of the year. Like I said, I look forward to being able to have a new tool to create with because it does actually open up so many new doors with that camera. I mean, Canon calls it a, the kind of game-changing camera. It really does for a lot of the types of photography. It really does give you an incredible amount of creative power to use within that camera. So hope this has been useful. We have all our usual podcast as well with Terry and myself with the Focus uh, this has just been a special one, which we put out from time to time. There's a few special uh, focus podcasts that have been recorded. Uh, we've got all our regular exposure podcasts where we talk one-on-one with photographers, but you can jump in and have a look in your favourite app, whether it be iTunes or whether it be uh, on SoundCloud where this is natively hosted. Thanks for listening, and look, I hope this has been some use to you if you are in that market and you're thinking about sw- swapping out and going to one of the Canon full-frame mirrorless systems. I'm Steve Finkel for Photo Mission. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of Photo Mission Focus discussing photography. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did so, leave us a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a future show, drop that in the comments as well. And just remember, the next photo you take could be your best yet. Thanks for listening.